A popular outcast production. Red 5 standing by. Hi everybody, welcome to Portable Power Podcast. Coming at you today is uh, September 11th, 2013. This is our seventh episode. My name is Mark Matters. I'm coming at you from sunny Sacramento, California. And I'm here with Kevin Seibert from Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And Emma Smith from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. I'm sounding like, like, like a radio dude all of a sudden. It's <laughs> fantastic. We love it. We love it. <laughs> oh, thanks. Kevin. Yes. How are you? I'm uh I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Mark? I'm pretty good. I was almost late because I was I was trimming a bush, and that's not a euphemism. I, I was about to ask you. And it, it it is not in uh Flower Town on my 3ds. I was literally outside trimming some bushes. Ah, terrific, terrific. Yeah. So, uh, do you have a beverage with you today? I do. I have a beverage. I'm drinking. Uh, forgive me if the pronunciation's wrong in here because I don't actually know how to say this, but it's. Um, the brewer is Goose Mariage Parfait, which is um, a traditional Belgian um, lambic, which is uh, aged for a minimum of three years in oak barrels. Um, it's not like the crappy lambics that people are used to, though. It's uh, it's not fruit flavored, so it's just kind of tart and it's dry flavored. Interesting. Instead of sweet, oh. so I'm I'm really enjoying it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, my brother-in-law got it for me, and uh, I'm yeah, I like it. That sounds really wonderful. Can you give me a flavor profile here? Oh gosh, you're putting me on the spot. I don't. I mean, <laughs> the main thing that I'm tasting is just the um, the tartness of it. Like it's it's not bitter at all, like like beers normally would be. Mm-hmm. But I like, yeah, that's really the best I can describe. I'm I'm super terrible at describing the flavor of things. Why don't you describe to me the games that you've been playing outside of your homework for this podcast? I haven't been playing anything. I just I've been doing the real life thing and okay. being sociable and also doing I don't know, I, I've had I've had a lot of work outside of my day job recently. I've been working on a big project. Okay. Um for some freelance graphic design work. Not a big project in the sense of like anyone will ever hear anything about it. Yeah. But like it big project in the sense of it's taking a lot of my time. So Will it net you at least three hundred dollars so you can pay for your Wind Waker Wii U bundle? It won't. I'm doing it for charity. So. Uh, all right. Well, at least I'll have warm feelings to keep you uh, from getting cold at night. <laughs> when I can't pay my rent because I didn't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully the charity will, it'll be like circular and you'll end up helping out yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's welcome back Emrys. We're glad to have you back. Uh, Emrys? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were in the hospital. We we didn't really touch on that in the last episode uh, out of concerns for your privacy. But um, is there anything you want to say, or you just want to leave it at that? Oh well, I mean, we had some trouble recording because of technical difficulties, and then I went into the hospital, so the last episode didn't feature me at all. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I just went in and I got on some new medication and. 
So it might sound a little different, but uh, it's no big deal. That's just the Benadryl talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. So have you you been gaming? Yeah, definitely. I've played some League of Legends, of course, because I will never stop playing that game. <laughs> in fact, in, in fact, League of Legends partnered up with American Express to get like a, a prepaid debit card. What? So you can earn Riot points by using this prepaid debit card. Oh. And so I've actually been doing that. I, I read it like four times to make sure that there weren't any fees. Mm-hmm. And there's no fees. So, like, you just use it, and then it just charges your regular debit card. That's pretty great. So you can get skins just from buying normal stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I, I'm not trying to advertise it. I'm just honestly baffled that they have such a good partnership. Like, it's not a credit card or anything where you're going to get screwed. It's just a prepaid debit card. You put money on it, and then you can buy stuff and get... Riot points. It's really neat, actually. And my uh, my card has a big picture of Vi on the front of it. And she's one of my favorite characters. So She's one of my least favorite characters because she always jumps to the back line and murders me. Yeah, that's what she does. She's my favorite. And, like, the thing about Vi is that all of her animations and all of her voice stuff is just perfect. It's, she's just a great character to play. A lot of fun. Well, I am sitting here with a 22 ounce of Arrogant Bastard Ale by Stone, and um, oh man, it's a delicious IPA. Um, a few years ago, when I was just getting into the IPA scene, I mean, I thought Arrogant Bastard was sort of like this pinnacle of hoppiness, and I was a badass for liking it. But since then, I've had some much hoppier beers. But Arrogant Bastard's still, I'd say, probably one of my favorites, and it's got just the coolest logo. It does have a really awesome label on it. One one of my friends who who has since moved away, but um, yeah, Mark, you know, D- well, actually, both of you know DJ. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, like whenever DJ and I would go out drinking, we'd always finish the night off with an arrogant bastard. Because you can't taste anything after you drink it. Right. Well, we we made that mistake one time where we drank it first, and then we were like, everything else tastes like nothing. <laughs> oh, Mark, what are you playing? I've only been playing a little bit of Skyrim again. I guess I'm just craving going on a vacation, so I'm taking it in the land of Skyrim. And I'm also playing a lot of Endless Ocean, so I guess that's where I'm getting my um, scuba diving. So I'm getting land and sea here, just exploring around. If you haven't played Endless Ocean on the Wii, it's a beautiful game. It's a little clunky now by today's standards, but uh, it's one of my favorite Wii games. Well, it sounds like you're getting a well-rounded vacation there to follow up your vacation yeah, in Pennsylvania, I, which... yeah. Which apparently is, I mean, Pennsylvania apparently isn't that much of a vacation, I guess. Well, there was a lot of people to see, so it was like a lot of running around well, and trying to prepare for a concert. Which was awesome, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I need to mention, I went to a local renaissance fair last week, and they had local mead. Oh, wow. And this dude is like a mead snob, because I talked to him after I tried it. And man, oh man, they're called Strad Meadery, and they're in here, they're here in Sacramento, and... um. Oh, he had like five kinds of mead, and some of them were fruity, which aren't really what I'm into, but um, he had one that was like, was Chardonnay grapes. Sorry. <laughs> There's the Aaron bastard. <laughs> yeah, but it was just amazing. I'd never had mead this good, and he says he does it the right way, and nobody that bottles it on a big scale does it the right way. And then he went in the back, because I expressed interest in his stuff, and he brought out this mead that he's technically not allowed to sell to anybody. He let me try like like a thimble full of this stuff called Braggot, which is basically sort of like mead beer, 
I think it's like what like what King Arthur would drink or whatever. But anyway, super excited about that. But he's so new and so just like starting out that he's not able to like bottle or anything yet. Wow. Yeah, that was the highlight of my week. That's cool. That's great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, so before we move on to the reviews, uh, there's some news that I thought would be fun to talk about. I know you two are pretty big Pokemon fans. Of course. There's a little bit of news going on this these past couple weeks that I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. So um, have you heard about the Pokemon Bank? I have. Yeah. Okay, so it's, uh, for our listeners that don't know, it's, it's basically cloud storage for up to 3,000 of your Pokemon because um, you can only store a, f- a couple hundred on the actual game cart of Pokemon X and Y. And um, it's a $5 a year thing, which some people are up in arms about, but your your Pokemon are permanently stored on, on, they're calling it the cloud, but some people are debating whether or not that's really the cloud, whatever. Anyway, it's also forwards compatible, so future Pokemon games you'll be able to continue paying and be able to continue move moving Pokemon back and forth from that. And I don't know. I just want to know how you guys feel about it. Yeah, whatever, man. I mean, you know, $5, $5 a year, you said? Yeah, something like Storage that. Storage isn't free. Well, right. I mean, uh, if there's an alternative... I, it, to me, it sounds like it's for people with a lot of bulk Pokemons. Like, the hardcore players who have white, black, white 2, and black 2. And they have 100 Pokemon on each game. Because traditionally, you've only been able to transfer maybe like six at a time. And so it's always uh-huh. historically been a big pain to move from one game to another. Except with like certain specific Pokemon. So it sounds like the bank is that they're trying to put in a more hardcore method of managing the huge numbers of Pokemon that uh, like a real hardcore or pro player will accumulate. So do you think uh, your average player won't even need it? I don't really think so. I mean, I'm sure that in X and Y they'll have an option where you get to, like, like you always have been, where you can import, you know, like one or two Pokemon at a time from a previous generation game. Because you've always been able to do that. Yeah, they'll have that. They'll have an app for it. You've never been able to do the bulk, like, do 150 at one time. And that's what this is offering you. And I think that's really cool. And I'm, it comes with a free trial period, too. I think so, yeah. Yeah, if you just start it, you can transfer all your Pokemon, and then you don't have to worry about the, the yearly fee unless you decide to get really hardcore. I think that it's, a, it's an interesting idea. I'm, I don't see myself taking advantage of it. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I kind of wish that they had had this in previous versions um, because... The, the fact is, you know, I can't get at my team from red and silver anymore, right. and, you know, there's no way of getting them back, particularly now with um, silver, because that and um, gold are both, like, the the battery um, memory on those have gone dead at this point, oh, so yeah. my team is dead, you know, yeah. like, the, and, like, that would hit me a lot harder if it was, if it was Pokemon Red version, because that was where I really put all my time into the games, but the fact is, like, you know, like, my Typhlosion's gone, and it's cool that they've provided a way for that to, I guess, not be the case. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then, um, the other big news about Pokemon is the, uh, new old starters. 
yeah, what that's done for me is it's taken completely out of... It's just com- completely removed the question of who I'm going with at the start of the game. <laughs> so you're not going to go with the new starters, then? You're going to go with the classic starters? Charmander all the way. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> I actually didn't hear about this. You can pick between the original three starter Pokemon or the new XY starters? Yeah, I think... I don't know a lot about it, but I think Professor Oak's there at the beginning. You can talk to him, and instead of giving you whoever the three new Pokemon are to start with, you can get, you know, Charmander, Ivysaur... I don't remember their names. Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur. And uh, Squirtle. Squirtle, yeah, wow. That's really awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I, I mean, I hope that's how it actually is, because that has me so much more interested in the game than I was and I was already going to get it but <laughs> n- n- none of the none of the new starters really interested me that much yeah. I think they're cool but I, I always think at least one of the new ones is pretty cool I think like Sevaper from Black 2 is my favorite one well, it was the same the same starters for Black 1 also yeah yeah. I, I wasn't crazy about any of those guys so Kevin I much like last episode, I found out some interesting news, and I was waiting until we were recording the podcast to tell you. Okay. Theater Rhythm, Final Fantasy, Curtain Call, due out in spring 2014. They're doing another one? Yeah. Um, there will be over 200 songs, uh, 60 characters, and a versus battle mode. Oh, man. That's, that's all I know about it so far. I know they're going to incorporate songs from the newer Final Fantasy games, so, like, by the time the first Theater Rhythm came out, um, you know, 14 wasn't really out, and uh, whatever, Lightning Returns wasn't out. So there's going to be music from those, but 200 songs, I don't know how many of them are going to be songs that were already in the first Theater Rhythm, because that was pretty comprehensive, I think. Yeah, it, it was, it did a good job of covering at least the ones that, like, the standout tracks that, that I really love. The, the only ones that it didn't really have were... Um, Bizarro Sephiroth and One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII. I think it had One Winged Angel. I think I unlocked One Winged Angel. No, you're right. You're right. It was in there. I forgot One Winged Angel was in there. For me, what I what I want out of a new theater rhythm game mm-hmm. is a story mode. They haven't said anything about that. Well, I I kind of want it to be more of a like a RPG sort of game where like you know you have the world exploration mechanic but instead of the uh, turn-based combat it's rhythm-based combat like that would really oh man really do crazy things for me. like if, if there's a lot more character customization available than there was in the first theater rhythm yeah I would be all over that and I'll yeah. probably still get it anyway but still I, I might get it but the things you're saying really would take it to like a must-have game oh, for yeah me. that would be yeah that would be amazing because the first theater rhythm, I bought it and I enjoyed it, and the the music. I mean, it's, it's like some of the best music in video games. But you're pretty much just tapping along. Like, there's not much like, it's there's not a lot of depth to it. Yeah, it sounds like there's no stakes. Well, there's stakes. You can lose. Well, it's like Guitar Hero. You lose and you start over. That's it. Those are the stakes. But if they made it with an actual, not even with an actual story, I don't know. Like just basically the gameplay that you're talking about i i would i would be floored i would be like i need this game i i honestly wouldn't even need the story as long as like the character customization was a little more robust yeah but you know i mean final fantasy is a series well known for its compelling narratives so if they want to throw that in there too right i'm all for it like like explain 
why you know there, there could there would be an interesting story behind why all of these characters from alternate universes are together. Yeah, this is just your uh, 3DS game. That's just what you're thinking of. Project Cross Zone. Yeah, you want more of that. Yeah, but I hated the story in that. <laughs> that that's a s- <laughs> slippery slope into fan service. But it's but it's hard to do titillating drawings in Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm's art style. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Go ahead and let's hear about Ping, a review I've been waiting to hear for a while. Ping is actually a surprising little game. Uh, I heard about it because one of our Twitter followers actually made it. But Ping is a, uh, it's sort of like miniature golf. So you have a field and you start out with a little ball, which is just, it's, it's not even like an 8-bit game. It's like a 4-bit game with like 8 colors you have a, a ball, which is like the ball from Pong, which is sort of where the, name, the game gets its name. Uh, it's called Ping the 8-Bit Physics Puzzle Game or something. And what you do is you click, you tap on the little ball and you drag your finger and the ball will fly out and bounce around the, all the obstacles. And the object of the game is to get your little ball to intersect with some uh, oranges for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, so the guy who uh, who wrote this game, his name is Christopher, and he is at K-U-R-I-S-U-E-L-L-E-G-A-R-D-E. Chris Willigard. So he made it himself? He made it himself, yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so you want to get your ball to intersect with the oranges, right? And there are all these obstacles in the way. And you have a limited number of bounces that you're allowed to use to get the ball in the objective. And if you go over that, it will just keep bouncing around for infinity. And if you get under that, then you pass. If you meet the goal or get under, you pass. So instead of strokes like miniature golf, you have bounces, and you have to have only a few bounces to get it in. At first, I was not sold on this game, but as I started playing it, it became more entertaining to me. Because the cool thing about it is that it's very physics-based, and so you are rewarded for trying different angles to bounce the ball in. You only get to bounce the ball, you only get to throw the ball once, you know, and then you start over each little stage. But it only takes about two seconds for you to fail a stage, so you're not really punished for getting it wrong. And so you just adjust the angle each time and you, like, check your timing. Because you, as you go up in stages, the game has more moving parts and moving obstacles that will get in your way. So, I actually, I found myself really enjoying it. It takes no time, so it's just a little bitty time waster. 
Then you just ping that little ball and it flies around. If you get it in, you get rewarded with a new stage. And if you don't get it in, then you just try again. That's really all there is to it. As far as unlockables go, there are something like 72 different levels and they come in stages of eight. So when you pass one stage of eight levels, then you get a new stage that opens up. And you can keep unlocking them as you get to it, and they get harder and harder. The game can be difficult, but like I was saying, because it's just a physics game, uh, you're never really punished for it being hard. You just have to try, like, maybe a creative angle, or rethink your um, where you're aiming, and eventually you will get it in if you're patient and you care enough. That sounds like uh, a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's a relationship that is certainly not at all painful to be stuck in. I don't know, like, I only had the wherewithal to get to about stage four. So maybe about, you know, half of the way through the available levels. And that's when there was, like, multiple moving platforms, and you have to, like, bounce it three times, and it goes in between one hole, and then through another hole, and then it bounces and hits the orange. And now stage four is technically what? Stage 32-ish? Yeah, like, stage four would be, like, level number 32 or something okay. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a little bit lower than halfway through before I sort of lost patience with it, because that's really all there is to it. So once you get to a level where it's too annoying for you to finish, then you're pretty much done with the game at that point. From what I, from, that's how I felt. Yeah, well, you're not, a, you're not a big retro gamer, are you, Emrys? No, you know, but I didn't even really consider this a retro game. Like, you could have had the exact same game with some fancier graphics, and it wouldn't have detracted from it at all. Yeah, yeah. In fact, like, the oranges are, you know, high resolution compared to your, you know, 20 pixel square that represents your ball. It's a weird little little indie game. Uh, and I appreciate our Twitter follower for, for making it. Now, how, how much does this game cost? It is free. It's a free game. And is, is it Android exclusive? Yes, it is Android exclusive. Oh, that, that's like a first for the show. Yeah, well, a lot of the like bigger games are tend to be multi-platform. Yeah. But this is a true like a true indie game made by one guy, you know. And Android is much easier to publish on when you're just one independent developer. Right. I've actually I've looked into developing for Android myself, and it's much much easier than iOS. Hmm. I do have some criticisms for the game. Uh, it would be nice if if the game prompted you after you fail, because the first time I failed, I just sort of waited for the ball to bounce around, and it just kept bouncing for a long time, and it didn't prompt me to end the game and restart, even though I had already failed. Mm. So it should definitely, instead of bouncing around until it reaches the exit and then telling you you fail. It should just say, oh, you failed, restart. Uh, the other thing is that there's no real reward for doing better than par. Uh, it would be nice if it just, I don't know, even if it just made a little sound, like a ding, hooray, 
that would be kind of a reward for doing better. So if you get it in three balls instead of four, you know, just something to differentiate it so that you have some motivation to try again. Yeah. That was really the only criticism I had, though. Uh, I played it a lot more than I was expecting it to when I initially saw it, and it was it was quite entertaining. I liked it. A neat little distraction. I give it a, a P-I-N out of P-I-N-G. <laughs> nice. Not bad, not bad. No, not bad at all. I love your ever-evolving review scores. Well, it doesn't make sense to have every game judged on the same scale, right? No, absolutely not. Yeah, so... I have to change with the games. That's how I see it. For sure. Let's move on to uh, Kevin's review of Mario & Luigi Dream Team for the 3DS. So, Mario & Luigi Dream Team, it is the fourth game in the Mario & Luigi series. It's um, an RPG Mario-focused game. It's uh, widely classified as an action RPG, although I would describe it as more of a platformer RPG, hmm. just because it's based on like timing and the overworld involves a lot of jumping and timing of everything. But what's unique about the series is that um, Mario and Luigi are in play at all times, and both of them are controlled simultaneously by the player. And that may sound like it's a little complicated, but it's actually pretty intuitive once you get a little bit of time with it. Yeah, it didn't bother me. I played the very first one, and it they both move at the same time. It's just the jumping, really, that you need to control independently. Right. Um, and, and the Game Boy Advance one, Superstar Saga, was the only one in the series that I've played as well. So this is the first game in the series that i played in quite a while at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's got to have been 10 years. It's been, yeah, was it like 2003 when that came out? Around there, yeah. So not a whole lot has changed as far as the overworld mechanics from the other games in the series. You know, you still control them much the same way. And a lot of the battles are very similar. The way the battles work is there are a group of enemies, and then there's Mario and Luigi on the other side, and the enemies will attack Mario and Luigi, and through specifically timed button presses and pattern recognition, you're actually capable of dodging the attack. So it's completely possible if the player is good enough for you to not even need hit points, because you just don't take damage, ever. However, I am not that good at it, and I frequently need to use hit point restorative items but it, it's in, it's interesting that it's an RPG that's skill based like entirely skill based you can't be like oh the game cheated and gave you know and hit me with a critical hit and that's why I lost like it's, it's just like well no you should have dodged better yeah right so so that's something that I think is really unique and interesting about this series is that it's entirely skill based even though it's an RPG as Mario and Luigi gain experience points they'll level up you can you know and all of their base stats increase with every level up, but you also have one additional attribute per level that you can choose to level up. So, you know, you can level up hit points, you know, attack, defense, 
for example. And there are more attributes than that you can choose. If but, I'm not mistaken, instead of magic points, aren't they mustache points? Um, they're bro points. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what fuels your special skills. Mustache points are your likelihood of inflicting a critical hit. Okay. Uh... Now, in the... Mario and Luigi games, you can actually increase the amount of damage you do. You can, you know, you can do the Final Fantasy thing where you just select your enemy, you know, and what kind of attack you want to use, and Mario will stomp on the enemy, and he'll do basic damage. However, if you time your button presses right, you can actually do more damage. And depending on how you build your characters with the way you advance them, you know, you can have like higher attack, you can have higher likelihood of critical hits. There's, you know, suddenly a decent amount of depth. To the to the game. Mm-hmm. I think I remember playing this one time on your uh, GBA, Kevin. Yeah, I probably tried to convince you to play it because I, I was pretty crazy about the very first game. And this game, this game was also really good. the uh, The basic premise of it is that uh, Mario and Luigi Dream Team spans two different worlds: Mario, Luigi, and Princess Peach and their entourage visit the Pillow Kingdom, which Whoa. is a bunch of people who are for some reason look like the blocks in Mario games and it also has these ancient ancestor people who live in who live in there who are, who look a lot more like pillows or kind of maybe like the the subcons a little bit huh. from Mario 2 anyway of course it doesn't take long before princess peach gets kidnapped and uh, Mario and Luigi have right. to save her but the difference here is that she gets dragged into the dream world because, you know, the Pillow Kingdom involves a lot of sleeping. <laughs> so, um, it's discovered that Luigi has the ability to sleep anywhere under any conditions, because he's apparently really lazy. <laughs> That's my kind of gentleman. <laughs> uh, so, Mario enters Luigi's dreams to be able to find Princess Peach. And while he's in the dream world, he meets dreamy Luigi, who is Luigi's idealized version of himself, who is absolutely no different from the real version. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they, they make, like, the characters make comments a lot, you know, jokes at Luigi's expense about how lazy he is and how much he sleeps and how he can sleep through anything. And, you know, then when they see dreamy Luigi, like, wow, this is Luigi at his best, you know? <laughs> so it, it's, it's very, it's very, um, humorous and again like the first game in the series everything is just kind of you know luigi is just everyone's whipping boy yeah the the writing is effective i won't say it's great but it's like you will chuckle right the jokes are pretty good sometimes that's all you can ask for from like a, a light-hearted game yeah like i won't say no to a game that doesn't necessarily have like an epic story if it consistently makes me laugh I, I appreciate that quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, now, I, I found the first game to probably be a little bit more humorous. Okay. Um, in the dialogue, but it's not, I mean, it's not that this one isn't funny, I just, I, I don't know. Part of it uh, might be just that I find the dialogue to be a little too frequent and a bit and a bit uh, long-winded. Oh, does it break up the gameplay too much? Yeah, that, that's that's one of the things that I that I didn't really enjoy about it. So, like, I, I found myself starting to kind of just motor through the dialogue without really reading it that much. Mm. Um, like, I mean, I was I was skimming it. Yeah. But I'm sure that I missed out on some funny jokes that I would have enjoyed if I had not been irritated by, essentially, the tutorial. Because, yeah, yeah, every, you know, so yeah. many minutes, it's like, oh, well, here's how to do something new. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about that is that it's constantly introducing new gameplay mechanics. Uh-huh. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like, 
sometimes I just want the game to shut up and let me play. Yeah. Sure, yeah. But one of the one of the standout things about this game is the dream world that brings Dreamy Luigi into it because the big difference is in the dream world you only control Mario. Or at least in battle, you only control Mario. Okay. Um, because Dreamy Luigi merges with Mario and adds his power to his own. Huh. Uh, and it does some interesting things with the 3DS hardware. Uh, for example, battles in the Dream World use the depth. Like, you know how you could only dodge using the A and B buttons in the Game Boy game? Yes. Well, now the circle pad's incorporated in the Dream World, so it matters where you're standing. Like, you... It doesn't give you a lot of choices, but like, you can shift up and down. They're almost like lanes, I guess. Uh-huh. So there, there's lane util- utilization to dodge attacks, as well as timed jumps or hammer usage and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. There's also um, what's called Luigianary powers <laughs> in the Dream World, and some of that's used in like the, the overworld to solve puzzles. Although in the Dream World, instead of it being a top-down viewpoint like it is in the real world, it actually goes to a side-scrolling platformer-type view. Mm. So it, it resembles much more a traditional Mario game, even right. though it's still an RPG. So you would say the 3D's used very effectively? Incredibly effectively, yeah. Now, like, how do you see people bu- that are about to buy the 3 Sorry. Uh, that are about to buy the 2DS this holiday season, how, how well will they fare with this game? About as well as people who have only one eye. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I, I don't think that it's going to affect their ability to play the game like it would for Super Mario 3D Land, which is impossible to play in 2D mode. Oh, wow. Well, it's not impossible. It's just significantly harder, and your enjoyment will be diminished. But, mm. um, no, I, I think that it, it's perfectly capable of being played in 2D mode. And I think that that was partially in mind when the game was being developed, because they, they had to have known the 2DS was coming out. Mm-hmm, right. Um, but for example, there are certain bro attacks. Well, they're called Luigianary attacks in the Dream World. Um, for example, where Luigi um, forms a bunch of dreamy Luigis. They're just like a huge crowd of them. Mm-hmm. They ju- you know, they all stand in a line, Mario jumps on top, and they roll in a ball, and you have to <laughs> use the gyroscope controls to tilt the DS and pick up more Luigis. Mm-hmm. And then, so the depth helps with that, like with knowing where they are, but I could ah. see it perfectly capable of being played in 2D. Okay. And then you reach the end of, you know, grabbing all the Luigis, and the more Luigis you grab, the more damage you do, and then you aim using the gyroscope, and press the A button to kick the ball and deal massive damage to an enemy. Hmm. That sounds hilariously fun to me, to be honest. It's fantastic. I would do it all the time if it didn't cost bro points. <laughs> um, but bro points are a limited resource, so I try to only use it on bosses. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's very innovative. Like I, I enjoy the, the dream the dream world combat so much more than I enjoy the, the real world combat in this game. There's also a bunch of dreamy Luigis merged together and form a giant Luigi. So you have giant battles in addition to the regular boss battles. And wow. the mechanics of that are different because you flip the 3DS on its side. It turns the 3D off for this because, you know, you would it would be yeah, excruciating yeah. if it didn't. Yeah. So what they do is you hold the, three, the 3DS like a book and then... The game plays on the left screen, and you control it using the touchscreen gest- you know, gestures like swipe to jump and um, horizontal swipes to use your hammer, and everything's still timed <laughs> kind of like it is for traditional combat. But it's a whole different mechanic. It's kind of like 
almost like a I don't know. I never really watched a lot of Power Rangers, but I, I imagine it's like Power Rangers, like with, yeah. the, with the with the the Megazord or whatever it's called. Oh yeah. So, do you think it's you're overpowered in the Dream World? No, certainly not. Like I still lose all the time because <laughs> I'm bad at the game. But yeah, no, it's uh, not overpowered at all because it makes up for like all these new powerful moves you have by just throwing way more enemies at you. Okay. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so what what I enjoyed about the game basically was the innovation of the 3D of the you know 3D use in the dream world and just the dream world as a whole. The overworld I still enjoyed, although much to a le- to a much lesser extent because it was very similar to the other game in the series, which was still fantastic. So for anyone who hasn't played a game in the series before, like this would be a great one. Okay. Although it it does reference events from past games, but I haven't really had a hard time following anything that's going on. Like, all the new characters are fairly well explained, and, okay. you know, it doesn't really it doesn't really inhibit my enjoyment of it. I hear a lot of good things about the graphics. Oh, the beautiful sprite graphics, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great animation, and the characters are really expressive. Awesome. Yeah, particularly the dream world is stunning. I love it when games can do just 2D pixel graphics so well right i i miss it like i miss the the sprite era of well gaming. we're it's big in the indie scene now i mean mm-hmm. yeah i've noticed um 2d is making a comeback because it's very easy for indie developers to uh to implement yeah yeah so basically you know the, the strong points of the game are in the innovation that it shows using the 3ds hardware because I haven't really seen it used in this manner before. The weak points of the game are, you know, very nitpicky, like most Nintendo productions are. You know, the game is a little on the chatty side, and it's interruptive of the gameplay. But aside from that, you know, that's really my only major criticism. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great game, and anybody should go out there and play it, and I think they'll enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> oh. I'm 75% of the way through this bottle. So. Alright. Sounds like it's time for your inner, your review then. I just the other day picked up Star Wars Force Collection for iOS. This is a game that I, well, I won't say that I announced last episode because obviously it was announced somewhere else before that, but um, I had just found out about it like the day we were recording and I downloaded it the day it came out and I was really hoping it was going to be similar to the Star Wars CCG game that, um, well, really only Kevin played. I was aware of it, but... It was fantastic. Yeah, you, I'm sure you spent a lot of, a lot of time and money on that one. I'm pretty sure... Well, I played the game for two years, and I played it on a regular basis. Like, I had a decent group of, of friends to play it with, like uh-huh. a decent-sized group, and we would spend hours playing. Like, we, we would do just that when we hung out, and yeah. just for hours. And I'm pretty sure... Like, we, we wouldn't buy expansion packs. We would go, and we would we would split boxes of expansion packs. Jeez. Like, w- the, the way it worked is I had um, one friend... One other friend who played Light Side... 
because I, I played the light side of the force. Of course. So I had one friend who also played light side, and then I had two friends who played dark side. So each of us would go together with someone who played the opposite faction. Mm-hmm. We would split the box, and they, you know, my friend would get all the dark side cards, and I would get all the light side cards. That sounds awesome. I'm pretty sure that I spent somewhere in the neighborhood of like two hundred dollars on that game, and I was in high school. <laughs> two hundred dollars, like a million dollars in high school. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Kevin, how do you feel about this game? You've played it. Well, I'll give you my very short review. Um, I don't like tapping stormtroopers. That's not a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. This is the stupidest game. It is just like menu after menu. You're like you'll get an item in one menu, and then you'll have to go to another another menu to retrieve that item. It's 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 so stupidly set up, and the main gameplay involves you just in front of static environments, fighting static stormtroopers that look like people are just, they're just like flat two-dimensional pieces of paper on popsicle sticks that somebody's wiggling from beneath your iPhone screen that you can't even see, but it's, you tap them, they don't even attack you. You can stand there for 10 minutes and the stormtroopers will just bob up and down. I played that, I played that mode of the game while I was cooking dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just like walk away from it, like, I would come back and be like, well, I'm not dead. Yeah. So then you get cards from these battles, quote-unquote battles, somehow, and you get all the worst cards. I got, like, three Shmi Skywalker cards in my first day of playing. The Force raped her. <laughs> what? Shmi? Yeah. The Force raped her. That's that's how Anakin came about. Yeah, well, it's wow. alluded to in Episode 3 that it was the Emperor, but... Anyway... Um, I, I don't have a proper review for this. This game sucks. I didn't even want to write a review for it, but I wanted to talk about it because don't download it. Like, because it's terrible. The only appeal to me in the game is like, oh, cool, I got like, whatever, a Zuckus card. I can go online, look at that same picture of Zuckus and go, man, Zuckus looks cool. And that's it. I'd get the same amount of enjoyment out of, out of, this, out of that as I would this game. There's a quote-unquote story mode to it where you're kind of guided through the movie, but it's so poorly done. At one point, and Kevin, tell me what's wrong with this. At one point, Leia tells you that you're a scruffy nerf herder. What do you hear that's wrong with that? It should be a scruffy-looking nerf herder. Right. They didn't even do the research. (laughs) This is a game made by Konami, and it's, it's, it's this, if like, if my penis could poop iOS games, this is what would come out. <laughs> I was going to say, I think made seems like a little bit strong of a word for it, but you definitely <laughs> found stronger words indeed. So that's it. Don't download it. Don't waste your time. Definitely don't waste your money. It's completely stupid, and I'm done, wow. I'm done talking about it. <laughs> I thought for sure I would have the worst review of a game ever on this podcast, <laughs> but no, Mark, you just uh, you just took the gold there. <laughs> I hope I don't. I, ho- I hope you're not disappointed. Oh no, no, no! I still want to hear about Pokemon Dream Radar, though. I can tell you all about Pokemon Dream Radar, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Because you can still get Pokemon from it, which is the only reason to play. And it doesn't involve penis poop? (laughs) No penis poop. 
Although, it did give me a terrible backache <laughs> trying to play. So, here's the thing with Pokemon Dream Radar. Uh, it's exactly the same game as that Face Raiders game that comes with your 3DS, yeah. okay? Mm -hmm. So, like, you hold the thing up, and the little things are flying around in the air, and you have to shoot them with the A button. You just shoot them, and little things come out, and you shoot those things, and you get points. But here's the catch. Here's where they decided to get creative. Instead of having the little flying balls all around you, instead they're all straight over your head. <laughs> because they're little clouds. <laughs> they're like, no, we're not like that propeller beanie face game. We don't have little flying objects. We have clouds, which are all over your head. So in order to shoot them, you have to point the 3DS straight up in the air. <laughs> and you have to shoot them like that. That's the best way to play the 3DS. Oh my god. <laughs> but you can't just lie on your back because the shit is moving around. So you can't get comfortable by any means playing this game. So you shoot the little dingbats... And you shoot them, and by the time you get through, like, 10 out of 20, you're, like, groaning because you're a 30-year-old man who just <laughs> wants some freaking Pokemon. <laughs> I don't even know if a child could successfully, like, get through this game without giving themselves cerebral palsy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the only reason I got it, and I actually paid money for it, it's like a $6 game from the eShop is because there's three legendary Pokemon that you cannot get in Black 2 or White 2 without playing this stupid game. Oh, shoot. Mm. It's the three uh, Thunderous... He ate beans? Yeah, those guys. And you can get them in Black and White. You have to, like, take an item to a, a grove, and there's a little building there, and you can release them from there. Well, they're not in Black 2 or White 2, so you have to import them from this stupid dream radar. Yeah. Ugh. And you have to accumulate so many points before you even get to find these things. Like, you just have to play, and the, the, the clouds refresh every two hours. So, you're supposed to, every two hours, take, I guess, ten minutes out of your day to play this. But to me, that's just courting, like, a trip to the ER. <laughs> so every once in a while, I'll just get a little bit bored, and I'll think, yeah, alright, I'll play Dream Radar. And I always regret it. I'm like, oh, my spinal column. And all I got out of it was, like, a blue shard. I'm like, no, this is not worth it. <laughs> but you just have to keep playing over and over to accumulate enough points to unlock these legendaries. What do blue shards even do? I don't even know. <laughs> you can, like, trade them in-game for some useful doodads. I think you can trade them for, oh, you use them to train your Pokemon. I knew a girl in elementary school that ate so many blueberries, she had blue sharts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in Pokemon, blue sharts are worth a considerable amount to these Pokemon trainers. 
We will teach your Pokemon moves that they can't ordinarily learn otherwise. So yeah, uh, if you really want those three legendaries, man, that's the way to do it. Have you gotten any? I got one. <laughs> Have you seen the other two? No. No, no. Is there anything that determines whether you see them or not, or is it just luck? You know, you just have to keep playing until you accumulate enough points. Or kill yourself. Yeah, so, like, the first one shows up after, like, a thousand points. I think the second one shows up after, like, three thousand. Then the fourth one at six thousand, maybe, something like that. I don't know. This sounds like the clubbing approach to catching Pokemon. Grinding, grinding, and more grinding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you can get some other... You can get, like, little items like berries and stuff that drop that way. And some of the berries are rare, I guess, you know. And there's some other, like, uncommon Pokemon that you can get easily through the, the app. So, if you can stand to point the thing straight up into the air for, like, 15 minutes at a go, then by all means, you know, feel free to enjoy it. I found it to be more trouble than it was worth. You know, Nintendo's missing out on a huge opportunity with this whole gyroscope thing. Because, like, I can't believe that they've made Face Raiders and Pokemon Dream Radar, and they haven't done a re-release of Duck Hunt yet. <laughs> you know what? The, here's the here's the thing that's really ridiculous about Dream Radar. It's my least favorite thing, which is that it doesn't even support 3D. Really? Yeah, it's a 3DS only app, but it doesn't matter if you have the 3D mode turned on or not. Which is just silly. Because you're moving around so much. That would, yeah, that would be pretty painful. But I guess it's already painful. It's just Face Raiders. Like Face Raiders is 3D. I mean, you turn the 3D off in order to play because I'm not a masochist. <laughs> but I feel like a 3DS game should support the 3D mode. It just seems cheap. Yeah. Cheap and disappointing. Yeah, you aren't wrong. I think we're going to see more of it, though. Oh, of course. The Nintendo, they love that stuff. All the, like, side doodads and interactivity widgets. The more of that stuff, the merrier, especially if you can get Pokemon using them. Because, <laughs> like, I'll go to some ridiculous lengths to get my hands on Pokemon. Like, go to an event where there are only small children under the age of 10 at GameStop? Oh, yeah. In fact, I actually have to do that, like, today or tomorrow. I have to go to GameStop to get my shiny Genesex. I saw that. Your, your shiny Genesex? <laughs> yes. What makes it shiny? Like, what attribute is shiny? Shiny just means that it's a rare color. Okay. Sometimes it's not even an attractive color, <laughs> but it's just really rare. Okay. But it doesn't get a stat bonus or anything? Nope. Just shiny. Just <laughs> a different color. Just like every game on PS3, shiny doesn't make it better. <laughs> <laughs> yup. So, uh, what's, what's your, what's, I mean, what's the verdict? Oh, well... I gotta hear your review score. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon is two shit-filled Pokeballs out of five. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that just be Grimer-filled Pokeballs? <laughs> Grimer wouldn't even go near these Pokeballs. 
Oh, man. You know that's bad if Grimer won't go near it. <laughs> Don't they feed on toxic waste? I think so, yeah. Grimer is one of my favorites. Muck is just annoying as hell to fight. He is pretty awful. There's not. There's nothing quite as humiliating as being beaten by something that ugly. <laughs> my first impulse was to say, that's what your mom said, but then I realized that... That was just rude, and it didn't make any sense. <laughs> and my mom's a classy lady, so you keep her out of this. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, I would never, I would never bring Mrs. Seibert into a, into a crass podcast flame war. We'll see that you don't. My mom, on the other hand, she's a woman. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. My mom is a sweetheart. I love her very much. And she would absolutely not care or even notice, no matter what I said about her on this podcast. <laughs> how, about, how about your mom, Mark? How does she figure into the podcast? <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to move on. Because you two are scaring all me. All right, all um, right. We're getting off track here. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm entertained, but I don't know that everyone else would be. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this much this month's episode. Um, next month, we don't have a lot to play. So our October first episode, we're just gonna do like our eShop favorites was what I came up with. So, yeah. Um, any games that we think uh, on the eShop 3DS, that's backwards on the 3DS eShop that are worth downloading that we love, we're going to talk about. And that's it. Do we have to love them? You have to feel strongly about them in some way. Whether it's <laughs> all right, all right. you love them, you hate them, or you're very ambivalent. So that's what we're going to talk about tentatively. We'll see. Who knows? I'll be doing, uh, I'll be doing Sakura Samurai. I thought you had a different title for that. <laughs> It was a uh, sword person, the swordest of the swords. <laughs> but the real title is actually Sakura Samurai something of the swords. I'm looking into... I still haven't downloaded it yet, but I'm planning to talk about SteamWorld Dig. I hear amazing things about that game. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm excited to play it. Um, you were mentioning Pushmo as well. Yeah, yeah. I thought Pushmo was pretty good. I figured we wouldn't do full reviews, just sort of, uh, whatever. We'll just play it by ear, maybe. How much diarrhea each episode, each game gave us? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna do the guild games, so just a very broad, you know, because there's like eight games, and I've, I've played most of them, so I'm gonna just talk about all those and see where that gets us. Yeah, because I mean, this is like, this is kind of weird, because usually there's like a big summer drought, and there's no games to play, but this is like the first summer where like tons of games came out, and there was really no, other than me not having money to buy them, there was no point right. where I was like, oh, there are no games to play. Yeah. So this, this month will be the first time this year, I think, that there hasn't been anything that I even wanted to buy. Yeah, same. And this is just gearing up towards our November 1st episode, which is just going to be all Pokemon. There's nothing else, just Pokemon. Are we going to even bother doing iOS or Android for that episode? I feel like that would be superfluous. No, it's going to be all Pokemon. I don't know that the next two episodes... Yeah, I don't know that the next two episodes are going to have anything but 3DS stuff. I would be okay with that. I'm okay with that. Well, let's just let's just be honest. None of us, none of us are, like, big iPhone or Android... 
gamers. That's I don't true. I don't feel like. Like our our big mobile platform that we all love is the 3DS. Yeah. And let's I mean, it's pretty obvious by what stuff we cover in our episodes and the way we talk. I'm so. even kind of rescinding my positive review of Plants vs. Zombies 2. Uh-oh, what happened? Uh, what happened is the game got too casual. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they go into the mode where, you know, they, they do certain challenges, and, and, and I figured it out. Like, they, they... You know how I was complaining that they do certain challenges where they're like, oh, go 30 seconds without spending sun, so you just sit there and do nothing for 30 yeah. seconds? It's gone into go 120 seconds without spending any sun, which you just can't do, because there's one plant that I've discovered so far that doesn't cost sun, and it's the iceberg lettuce, and has a respawn of, like, 10 minutes, or... I mean, obviously it's not that long, but it's something ridiculous. So it it really requires you to do the whole casual fruit ninja mode of the mm. game that I hate. Yeah. So I'm mad. You sound mad. It sucks. Yeah, so I, I mean, it, it's, it's enough that, like, I was initially thrilled that the game was more challenging. Right. But now I'm just aggravated that it expects me to do this thing to complete the challenges. I mean, you use in-game money to, to perform these moves, which fortunately I've earned enough of because I'm amazing at Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> but, yeah. but eventually, you know, the, the, the goal is that you that PopCap seems to have, or rather EA, since they own PopCap, right. is that you eventually run out of in-game currency and have to buy more with real money. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what I call evil. And I'm just like, well, what, what, what I'm, what I'm worried about is when the day comes that a Mario game has Bowser shooting so many fireballs at you that's a physical impossibility for you to dodge it, and you have to pay five dollars for a super mushroom to spawn. No, Nintendo won't go there. Nintendo won't go there, man. Nintendo better not go there, or I will quit video gaming entirely. And that's okay. We, I think we, we you and I, at least, have a big enough collection that we could just be like, I'm done. And play that collection for the rest of our lives and be perfectly yeah, happy. I mean, true. I think you're right. I don't know that I'm gonna be. I don't know that I'm gonna get PS4, or Xbox One. Like, I might just be like, you know what? I'm good. I don't like where the industry's going. I don't like where the focuses are. I don't like. Right. I'm a I'm a, I'm a pretentious bastard. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. We want our hipster bullshit. That's what we want. Exactly. But, um, well, Kevin, you're talking about being mad about spending money, but at the same time, the game was free. How much did you spend on the original Plants vs. Zombies? Well, it was a birthday present, so I didn't spend anything on it. But it, I think it was like an $8 download. So, I mean, if you spend $8 on the new one, it's worth it, maybe? Yeah, no, it's fine. Like I, I, But I would rather spend the $8 and get the game out right and not have to do this stupid grinding bullshit. Right. Sure. Like because what they're doing is you know you finish every level of a certain time era and then they're like well now you should go back and do different challenges to earn stars so you can advance or you can pay five dollars and when it comes down to it, like if you want to finish this game and not have to do any grinding at all it's like fifteen dollars because there are three levels yeah that's uh, nuts yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not doing that and like I just I'm I have no shortage of great games demanding my attention. Yeah. So why would I ever grind? Right. So let's tell people where they can uh, find us beyond this wonderful oral sex podcast. <laughs> Get it? Um, that we provide. <laughs> Go online, look us up on portablepower.popularoutcasts.com. Um, there you'll see the drawings that I spend a lot of time on, which I hope you're finding, and then also the Amazon banner with which you can do all your shopping on Amazon 
you know, assuming you cleared your cookies, and then we'll get a cut of that. The popular outcasts can spend on hosting costs and whatnot, which we appreciate. Bandwidth and everything, yeah. And hand jobs. <laughs> we haven't gotten enough Amazon clicks yet to earn any hand jobs, so that's what we're hoping for. Help us reach that goal with a reach around. All right. So on Twitter, we are uh, Portable Power FM. And if you follow us on Twitter and message us about your game that you made, we will absolutely review it for you and tell the whole world what to think about it. We are a, a taste-making cultural tour de force. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hard to follow that. Okay, so Facebook.com. Facebook.com slash Portable Power Podcast is w- where I tend to... Re- reside and um not a lot of interactions yet just with the pocketoid uh guys a little bit but uh hit us up on there share some pictures uh like all our posts i don't care whatever you can see a picture of me when i was a child yeah and i can't find the one i I, a few episodes ago i mentioned that i have a few of me playing my game boy and so i can't find those so you just have young emrys very young emrys very skinny emrys you can print out put in your wall so uh, and then Kevin has access. He's the he's the email dude. So email Kevin yeah. at portablepowerpodcast at gmail dot com with anything criticisms, compliments, game review ideas. Yeah, we'll we'll review anything that you guys want to hear about. Yeah, and we'll talk about whatever. We just I don't know. I'm I'm a little sad. Nobody no very few people interact with us. We 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 thought we would make a lot of friends doing this. Well, we will. We will make a lot of friends. We're all, you know, we're all very charismatic people. We're all very likable. Especially with <laughs> oh, a large bottle of alcohol in their belly. <laughs> I did get very involved with this bottle of alcohol. It it all, I mean, it all went in my mouth. Yeah, there's an arrogant bastard inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> I had some ice cream earlier, and I'm lactose intolerant, so that's what I did. So your toilet's going to have fun later tonight. (laughs) Oh my god, I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) But you just did. (laughs) Well, I mean, I had to, like, get in there somehow with you drunkards. We're all... We're all being real silly right now. <laughs> Don't forget to leave us iTunes reviews too. Oh yeah, get us get us up there. Oh, we want yeah, yeah. we want to be rich, and we want you to be the reason we're rich. Just think how good you would feel about yourself if you left us an iTunes review, and then we got rich, and you got nothing out of it save the knowledge that you made us rich. <laughs> no, we would we would give back to our fans. We'd be able to have giveaways. That's true. And reach around. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> reach around. Rusty trombones, uh, the whole nine yards. <laughs> on that note, on that sour... Let's get out of here. Deflated note of a rusty trombone. I think we're signing off for today. We're, yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Drive safely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Home run. <laughs> <laughs>